welcome to Simply Sunday with your host, Sheree Shy Holmes, creator of The Resilient Me. So this month we are wrapping up our discussion on money mindset. And I'm sure by now all of you have heard that um, Chadwick Bosman has passed away due to a four-year fight battle with colon cancer at the age of 43. And before I'm giving you my personal story on this right now, before I saw him in Black Panther, my first introduction to Chadwick was seeing him in Third Good Marshall. And I was so taken aback by his performance as Third Good Marshall. And they caused me to start reading up on him and looking at other movies that he had, you know, played roles in. And I started to notice that he played very powerful, iconic heroes and legends. So Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood Marshall. Um, and then there's a, a couple other of those in there as well. But it, he said, I was reading the interv- interview where he said that often he turned down more roles than he accepted which would feel like failure at times because it didn't align with what he called his manifesto. So part of his manifesto when he would decide whether he was going to take on a role or take on a character was to make sure that he wasn't perpetuating stereotypes about black people or black men. And if so, he would often either ask, could they, you know, kind of negotiate the role or, or, or recraft or rewrite the role for this particular per- person so that he could play the role? And a lot of times they would just be like, oh, you know what? You're too much trouble. So we're just going to get somebody else. And they would just let him go. As a matter of fact, that happened to him when he was playing. I, f- I forgot the name of the character, um, but I believe it was ABC soap opera. And um, they ended up shutting him out, kicking him out, saying he couldn't have the role. And then they wouldn't hire Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan and Chadwick actually played the same character. And even though they let him go and told him that they weren't going to fix the role or change it for him because they, you know, were like, you're just too much work. They actually had taken a lot of his suggestions and changed the role. So when they gave it to Michael B. Jordan, who you guys know is Killmonger, the villain in uh, Black Panther, so they they have <laughs> have paths colliding more than once. They adjusted the role and took some of the suggestions that Chadwick had made. So he's actually blazing a trail, not just for himself, but for those behind him. And so, because he was very consistent with that manifesto, and he believed that. I, I choose my purpose. I choose what my values and beliefs are above over money, above over, you know, quick fame or fortune. I believe I have faith that this is going to work out for me. And as we all know, Black Panther like blew up. It was a global sensation. And everybody, if you didn't know who Chadwick Bosman was before 2018, you knew him then. The world knew him then. So, Today, I actually want to talk about faith and how that actually plays a role in your money mindset. So we're going to discuss three ways to cultivate it. And I'm going to give you a little, you know, a couple definitions here and there, and then we're going to wrap it up. So the first thing I want to tell you, though, is faith is a muscle. 
just like Chadwick had to go in and do auditions and decline roles or ask to have the roles recasted or rewritten, he did not let the denial or uh, the decline of the role or the fact that they didn't call him back be a deterrent to him continuing to pursue his dream career, what he would like to call his dream career. And I want to encourage you and highlight that that's a muscle that you have to exercise every single time you attempt to do anything, whether you're filling an application out for a job, whether you're starting a business, whether you want to lose weight, whether you're putting yourself back out there to date, whether you are creating a family and you're, you're praying and you're hoping, you know, that you can have children. All of that requires faith on your part, faith on your behalf. So every single decision we make and how we treat our decision and how our attitude unfolds in those moments, it requires a lot of faith. So it's something that you have to build. I was actually a part of a 30-day challenge this month called Dance Tabata 30-Day Challenge. This challenge was, whoo, y'all. I think we had like maybe four rest days this whole entire month. It kicked my butt. So it was like 20 seconds of of dance Tabata and then 10 seconds of rest and then doing that for four rounds total. And I realized from the beginning of the month where I was tired and exhausted and worn out versus us working out today as a group, I wasn't as exhausted as I was. Why? Because I built endurance. My muscles have even built up. So in order for you to really see a shift in your mindset, you got to work this faith muscle. So let's let's back up, though, and talk about what is faith. So here's the definition. You know, Google will tell you everything, right? Here's the definition of faith. Complete trust or confidence in someone or something, strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. Now that last part got me, so we're going to break this down. Based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. So let's talk about this spiritual apprehension. It sounds convoluted. Explain it to me, Sharice. Well, I'm glad you asked. So spirit, the spiritual aspect. How do you spiritually apprehend something? So our spiritual side is our life force. It's the essence of who we are. It's non-temporal, it's intangible, and the non-material part of our makeup. So you know how you have the mind, body, soul, spirit, right? So the, the body is the physical way in which we can communicate to the world and with other people. And our spirit is how we're able to communicate with God and also with other people. And we have this composite here that makes up the whole person. So again, the spirit is the life force, the essence of who we are. Now, what does the word apprehension mean? Apprehension means to seize or to grasp. So if we're looking at this definition of what faith is, it's spiritual apprehension rather than proof. This is what it translates to in in Cherie's terms. (laughs) When the essence of your life force begins to seize and grasp 
that your desires and your dreams are true and real without the need for proof, then we're walking in faith. I'm going to say that one more time for you. When the essence of your life force begins to seize and grasp your dreams, your desires, you know how we say our, our affirmations in the gratitude and uh, meditation, gratitude and abundance meditation. We have affirmations in there. We have declarations in there. When you, the essence of you, grabs those affirmations to be true without the need for proof, then we are walking in faith, all right? So let's talk about it. We know faith is a muscle. What's three ways we could build this muscle, Sharice? Well, I'm glad you asked. Here are three ways. The first way is through your belief. So you know how at the beginning of the month, I went real hard on your money mindset. And we broke down how to rewire and reframe your beliefs about money. And I also asked you to examine what you learned about money as a child from your family members. Because sometimes the the beliefs we have around money, the thoughts we have around money are ingrained in us from childhood. If you saw your parents fighting a lot about money, about not being able to pay the rent or, you know, can't not having enough money to do an oil change or struggling with groceries and having to be on public assistance, you might have the concept in your mind that it's, it's life is a struggle and that money is not abundant. And therefore, I'm going to have to struggle and fight my way through this in order to enjoy a decent life, not a good life, but a decent life. That could be an inherited money story. Also, as I said before, because so many of the of, of my tribe is Christian, a lot of people feel like money is the root of all evil, but that's not true. And it's said in church a lot, but money is not the root of all evil, but it's the love of money that is the root of all evil. So you have to be careful of the beliefs that you inherited that we haven't examined, that we haven't analyzed, that we haven't unpacked to verify, is this true? Is this reality? I can go outside and see abundance. There's trees, there's flowers, there's there's plants, there's oxygen, there's sunshine, there's more than enough. And isn't money made from trees? <laughs> like, we have more than enough. And then don't even get me into, you guys remember when I talked about money being just an exchange. So back in the day, they used to use salt or they used to use donkeys and chickens and cows so money really like the actual little piece of paper that we talk about and that we hold those coins and stuff we just decided that money had value but i mean 10 years from now we could be trading flowers i don't know <laughs> you just we literally will we can assign a value to money so it's not even the little you know paper that we see it's that just that we've agreed as a society that this paper and these coins constitute money and this is how we're going to pay for things. But we don't know what that's going to look like 10, 20 years from now, especially as we move to like a more digital society. And there's a lot of places that don't even accept cash anymore, even now with the coin shortage. So we have to understand money in and of itself is not bad. It's not evil. It's neutral. I mean, would you look at flowers and because we were trading flowers for buying houses and cars, would you start calling the flowers evil? <laughs> you start going to call salt evil. So money is very neutral. And so that's what I'm saying when you have to look at your beliefs and 
your old money stories and examine them and test them and be like, how true is this? Because I'm looking at this to the left and I'm looking at it to the right and I'm looking underneath and I'm looking on the top and I'm tapping it and this is not holding up. <laughs> so that is the first way that you can cultivate your faith. You work on your belief system and rewire and reframe your beliefs about money. Money is abundant. Okay. Money, as I taught you guys earlier, money is really just energy. I'm trading. Listen, when you go to work, I'm giving you my energy. I'm giving you my hours off of my life for my salary. I'm transferring the energy, my life force, and my essence for papers and coin that I now use to go, you know, pay my light bill. And I go and I buy my, you know, food and I go and buy my favorite dresses. What am I passing around? Every single transaction is a bit of my energy that I am giving away in terms for a TV or in terms for a new carpet or in terms for a new backpack to carry my laptop in. So I need you to, to shift your understanding that all you're really doing is transferring uh, 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 or commuting your energy into a dollar or into a coin or into a new purse. <laughs> That's how you have to look at it. And be very clear that you need to have a positive view of money. Because, I mean, and we've been doing some work on self-love, but I don't think anyone that's listening to me right now would say like, oh, I just completely hate and loathe myself. Now we're talking about having negative beliefs around the energy that comes out when you make money. And maybe you need to think about that. If you do struggle with that, which I have in the past before, so no shade or shame to anybody who's still struggling in that area. I'm telling you, when I was in that mindset, money was like the tightest for me. Why? Because there's a direct correlation. I'm going out giving my life force, working two jobs and half dead and sick and tired and exhausted and angry and bitter and resentful. And then I'm wondering why I'm not getting more money. I'm giving these people my life force, but it's with a huge grudge. (laughs) It's a huge grudge. And then I waste time not wanting to buy the things that are necessary for me to live. So it's just like this really vicious bad cycle. So get clear on your beliefs and reframe and rewire them. That is one way to cultivate cultivate your faith when it comes to your money mindset. Now, number two, the third way you can cultivate your faith when it comes to money mindset is watch your communication. It's all about communication. What are you telling people in conversation when you talk about money? Are you saying like, hey, somebody like, hey, girl, you want to go out with us to eat? Oh, I wish I could, but I'm broke. Oh, okay. Hey, girl, we ask you if you want to go on vacation in a year. Ah, I don't know. I'm broke. Like, a year from now, you're going to be broke? I mean, there's so much that we can do in a year, girl. Like, how do you know already in advance you're not going to have the money? But that's what you're constantly confessing. That's what you're constantly declaring. And I'm not telling you to just ignore, ignore your current circumstances, but you have to be very careful with what you're constantly putting out into the atmosphere because your words give life. Your words speak declarations and state 
it as you speak them out in your in your of your mouth it replays back into the mind that we are broke we can't do anything we um are it reinforces it reinforces your beliefs around money that's what happens when you continue to speak those things over and over you might have to say no girl i can't go with you this week but my coins are going to get right in the coming weeks and i hope i'll be able to go with you guys this next time around just stop saying that you're broke just say your coins are going to get right and next time you believe in that you'll be able to go or that you hope you'll be able to go. Now I just completely changed my perspective and my brain is going to start to look for ways that I can save money in the next two weeks. Maybe I take my lunch for the next five days or cut back on some other expenses so that I have some money to go out with the girls later or ways to save money to go out on vacation. Because you now just told your mind, hey, we need to find a way to make this happen. Versus like, we're just going to accept that we're broke. It's always going to be a struggle. All right. So another thing that I want you to think about, a lot of times when I, when I say the word communication, we're talking about, there's so ways, so many ways that you can communicate. You can communicate with your body language. Um, there's verbal and nonverbal communication. But the nonverbal part is really your actions. Like, it's really your actions. Let me ask you this. Are you a giver? Are you generous? Who's the last person that you sold into? Like, who's the last person you've given anything away to? Who's the last person that you just bought lunch just because? I'm not talking about family either because it's so easy to just do stuff for family, especially if they're immediate family. But if you're not a giver, you can start with, you know, charity starts at home and then it's, it spreads abroad. So if you're not a giver and you're on your way to it, of course, start with family first. But if you know you do stuff for your family all the time, it's nothing for you. It's not a stretch. You don't have to exercise faith in that area. It's just a part of you. It's second nature. What are you doing for people that are outside of your immediate family? You know, I shared the story, I believe it was last week, um, where I was telling you all how I buy stuff for my coworkers at random. Like, I'm just known for that. For Christmas, I give people gifts. I throw parties in my, well, this is all pre-pandemic parties in our office, you know, all kinds of stuff because I love to give. It's just who I am. So I, I have those doors that are always open for me that are, that, and, and it also, I'm planting seed. I, I'm not, I don't purposely say I'm going to give this person this cause I'm planting seed. It's only, I just like in retrospect, realize that doing those things for people in my office gives me a level of favor, even with my managers. And it gives me a level of influence too, because I have given when I didn't have to. And so those open up doors, like I was telling you guys, I've gotten like um, bonuses and awards and all kinds of stuff. Why is that? Because I'm sewing. I'm sewing in multiple directions. Yes, I'm sewing. And I know. So just be clear. I don't buy my manager stuff. Just I don't want anybody thinking that. But <laughs> I do give to my my coworkers, you know, my peers. Um, but when you even and that's one thing I was sharing with you guys last week, just because you sew in one direction, don't always expect it to come back in that direction. It doesn't always come back that way. Most often than not, it doesn't come back that way. So I might as well just say that. I've never been like, oh, I gave this person this. And like three days later, they gave me that. That's not how it works. But when you live a life of generosity, you open up the doors for other people to be a blessing and to be generous to you. 
So are you giving? Are you generous? Another thing I want you to pay attention attention to in your communication, how you talk, you know, your actions, are you a generous person? Are you giving? In your communication, I can identify what you worship. And let me break that down. If you're stingy or you're you're a super miser, you don't like giving, you don't like sharing, in conversation you complain about lack or inadequacy, then I can tell you that that you you're worshiping lack. That's your God. That's who you bow down to every day. That's who you serve. Every time you make a complaint or you moan and you you groan and you are so unhappy about the way things are in your life, you're offering up worship to the to the God of lack in your life. You are giving them a thank you <laughs> every single time because that thing has now taken hold in your life and it's it's you're giving it space mentally you're giving it space spiritually and you're and because the lack is manifesting in the physical realm you're giving it space physically that's why we don't have what we need we over here worshiping the god of lack and poverty, inadequacy, not enough, scarcity, whatever the God is that it that you call out to all the time. So be mindful of that in your communication. All right. This is number three. So number one was belief. Number two was communication. And this is our final one. Uh, number three is how you live. What's your live? What's your living? What you doing? All right. Let me ask you this. Are you preparing yourself for what's to come? You cannot say that you want more money, but you're you're not prepared to even receive an increase. Sharice, what do you mean I'm not prepared? My car is down. I could use a new car. Did you take care of the car that you have? Did you do your oil changes? Did you wash your car? Did you keep your car clean? That's how we prepare. And listen, y'all, like some of my friends could attest to this. I drove a little hoopty Honda Civic. I think she was like a 97. And it didn't even have the original paint on it. It had like a matte black paint on it. And I took care of that girl. Like she was a Mercedes Benz, y'all. <laughs> she stayed washed and she, she stayed clean. I had work done on her all the time. And that created space so that when I got my brand new car, my Hyundai Elantra, I knew I knew how to handle it. Like I had already demonstrated and shown that I was capable of more, that I could handle greater responsibility. And that's why when like my car actually broke down and I wasn't sure that I was going to be able to go ahead and get a new car. But the Lord told me, go ahead and go. And I, I went up there so skeptical. <laughs> and I ended up walking out with a brand new car and call me. I think I told you guys this earlier this month, call me back like three days later and they dropped the interest rate like seven points or something like that. 7%. It was crazy. Like it, all of it was a huge miracle. Why do you think that happened to me? 
because I prepared myself and I didn't even know I was preparing myself, but I just honored what I had. I had gratitude for what I had. I wasn't complaining. I wasn't moaning. I was just grateful, God, that I even had a piece of transportation to go back and forth to work to and, and to be able to go and enjoy different events with my friends and with my families. I was grateful. So when you are looking at how you're living, are you preparing your space? Do you even have room for these new things to come? How are you treating, you know, yourself? How are you treating your body? How are you treating your environment, your overall living situation? So I was talking to some people and they're like, I'm just so ready to quit my job and like do my, my business full time. Do you, do you have the infrastructure? Hmm. Do you know what the systems that you need to even go full time? Do you know what that's going to look like? Have you done research on marketing? Do you know what it means to sell? We're always selling. I don't care what it is. If you are a life coach or if you are showing people how to use Instagram or if you're selling widgets off of Shopify and you're doing drop shipping from China, it doesn't matter. We are all selling. We are all selling. Have, how many books have you read on selling? Hmm? How many books have you read on marketing? Let me ask you this. New business owners typically don't have an accountant. Do you know how to even manage your money if you want a new business? Like sometimes we say we want stuff, but we do not show that we are prepared at all. Why would God grant us something that we haven't showed him that we prepared for? Like, I hear a lot of people be like, oh, I want a relationship. Oh, I want a relationship. And in my head, sometimes I want to say, but you have a nasty attitude. You're, you're, the conversation, again, going back to your communication, is just no good men out here. Or all the guys at church are gay or soft. <laughs> I've heard so many crazy things. Or all men are dogs. This this is just, look at, you're activating your faith, okay? Whether it's for the good or for the bad to exist in your life. Every word you speak, how you live your life, how you prepare, your belief system, all of it is your faith in action. I think the, there's a quote, I believe, y'all forgive me if it's not him, but I believe it is Henry Ford. He says, whether, believe, whether you believe you can or that you can't, they're both right. Like your faith is in action in any any way. And if you already using your faith to live in lack, to live in poverty, to, to live in inadequacy, you can just simply just, you know, turn like if we were in a, in a little boat, just turn the rudder just a little bit to the right. And now you could just swoosh all that faith you were using to manifest staying broke. You could just Turn it, you know, like Jesus said, cast your net on the other side and let the abundance flood in your life. Okay, let me <laughs> let me give focus. I hope you guys hear me. I hope you're hearing my heart and what I'm trying to say to you all. I need all of us to level up and stop playing small in our lives. So, yeah, like I was saying, I think the last thing I was talking about was, you know, people saying that they want a relationship, but you still have a nasty attitude. Um... Or this is another one that I hear. They they want a relationship, but they're still dealing with the fear um, and the betrayal of someone leaving them. 
And so they're going into this next relationship feeling like they might get taken advantage of or feeling like, you know, mm, this guy's probably a clown. <laughs> I'm just saying like super skeptical. So you're sending out all of this energy to people like, oh, men will abandon you. Men will abuse you. Men will take advantage of you. Men will cheat on you. And then because you have all this stuff going on in your head, you got anger issues. <sighs> it's so hard to say you want something when you have not dealt with all the emotional baggage that's going on in your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. We cannot say we're ready for stuff if we haven't healed from old wounds. Again, that goes right back to number one, your belief system. Reframe those thoughts. Re reframe what is it you believe to be true. Some people have even told me, I want a promotion. I want a promotion. I know I'm a leader. I know I'm a supervisor. I just don't understand. Why won't they make me a manager? I just can't seem to get it. Let me ask you a question. Have you read any books on interviewing? I'm not talking about a free seminar that you watch for 20 minutes on YouTube. But have you read any books on how to land a job in like 60 seconds? And they teach you the five-point step on how to pitch somebody and sell yourself to them. Have you? I'll wait. <laughs> Have you read a manager's guide to getting the best out of your employees? Let me tell you, let me tell you why these kinds of skills are important. You are you are casting your net, so to speak, for something that you haven't been able to demonstrate to them that you're worthy of. But listen, I interview people at my, in my office, okay? So when we're getting ready to hire, we I'm I sit in on the interview process, go through interview questions, all that stuff, okay? So I'm I'm a, a, a intricate part of the selection process. I I do phone screening, I do in-person interviews, I do resume review, all that stuff. You got about five minutes to get me looped in, okay? And if I've had a lot of interviews that day, you got like two questions to answer correctly or wrong. <laughs> and I'm checking out on you. Like, and I know it's not just me because, you know, we have a little powwow after the person because we're doing them virtually right now after they uh, get off Zoom. And it's, it's, I can get it, guys. Like in the first five questions, we all can, I can figure out like this person's not going to be a good fit for us. So that's why you need to learn how to land the job in 60 seconds. You shouldn't be sitting there rambling and, and giving us an answer for six, seven, eight, ten 10 minutes, sir, ma'am, get to the point, <laughs> like 60 seconds, two minutes, maybe, but 60 seconds, be articulate, be concise and be powerful. Okay. And another reason why you probably should be reading books, especially if you want to go for a supervisor uh, position, you want to read books on like managers and, you know, how to coach your employees and stuff like that. You need to know how to speak the language of a manager. If you don't have the actual experience, if you can get into the interview and use the, you know, the buzzwords of being effective and efficient and productivity and all the stuff that they like to hear. You're demonstrating to them that you're a diamond in the rough that they just haven't noticed yet. But if you give me an opportunity, I'm already demonstrating in this interview in, in less than an hour, I'm probably the girl you need to hire. Like 
you you gonna you gonna miss out if you don't hire me. I came in ready, guns blazing. All you gotta do is put me put me in the game, coach. <laughs> put me in the game, and I will take the team to the championship. So these are the kinds of things that I want you to think about when you when you think of in terms of living. What are you preparing yourself for? How have you stretched your borders? How have you stretched your boundaries? How have you stretched your uh, capabilities to even reach to the point that you desire? Okay, so recap three ways to cultivate faith, belief, communication and living. All right, ladies, that's all I have for you this week. Let's say our affirmations. Oh, next month, I'm going to be talking about how to manage stress and anxiety because it's just so much going on. And I think, I don't think I've touched on that since like 2018. So we're going to talk about it now. It's overdue. All right. Let's say our affirmations together. I am loved. I am wanted. And I belong. Okay, my beautiful sisters, have an amazing week. I love you.